Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Uno, dos, tres... Cinco, cinco, cinco says from that Offspring song. It is the Luke and Pete show. It is a Monday. Uh, the weather outside is chilly, but kind of sunny. It doesn't really know what it's doing. For crying out loud, sort yourselves out. It's May. It is May. It doesn't feel like May because we're in lockdown, but it's May. How are you doing, Luke? Pretty good, thanks. Um, may I be the first person to point out you missed out the number four in that intro. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I don't speak any other languages anyway. So no, who cares? No, it doesn't matter. And I, I, I do. I, I'm currently in my little uh, vocal booth, and I've got a uh, what can only be described as a little sloth uh, kind of plush toy in there with me. Uh, and I feel that when I get things wrong, he's he's judging me in, in some small way. So because uh, sloths kind of have disappointed eyes. Because you can't eyes. see me, so that's the next best thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I just like to sort of project into the eyes of uh, someone else, which in this case <laughs> appears to be a sloth. So, uh, how's your so, week been, uh, Lukey? May we just did uh, we did a ramble, and you yeah. had a little chat with Mark Pugas for the uh, for yeah. the Patreon over on Football Ramble. Talk about Euro '96. Was it yeah. nice to go back to the summer of '96 uh, when you know things seemed a little easier? It was you 16, just told 17. everyone how my week's been already. I don't even need to answer that. Um, I, I described it... your. I described the parameters in which your week has been inhabited, but I, I don't know yeah. the. I need some flesh on the bones. Um, I, I no longer have any emotions. So right, yeah. it's kind of, it's Locked kind of everything's down, stolen pretty, it, that's it. Everything's the same. You've stolen it. Yeah, you've stolen it. Um, stole it's been. It's been a, it's, yeah, it's only Monday. Um, it's been fine. The weather did take a. Ma- I mean, this is this is very boring stuff. So early on, mm. but the weather did take a bit of a turn yesterday. It was crazy. I went out running in the morning. And it was so warm, I had to stop. Literally two hours after I got home, it was so cold in the house, I had to put another jumper on. It's oh, been crazy. I could, yeah, I could see them putting the heating on yesterday. But and there's been, there's been had... snow up in Pete. There's been snow up in Scotland. There's been snow what? on the um, in New England. Family reporting snow up in New England. So um, there's all sorts of weather happening. Whatever your opinion of it is, that's your own. That's your own doings. But there's been weather <laughs> happening uh, without question. But um, yeah, nothing much else happening around these parts, mate. Um, I was very very sad. Obviously not unexpected, and um, and uh, something that had been in the post for a while. Mm. But um, nevertheless, sad to see. 
that the great little Richard passed away over the mm. weekend, aged 87. I mean, I'm not an expert. I'm an, I'm, I'm an enthusiast more than an expert when it comes to, to music and particularly uh, music of this type. But I'm fascinated by it. I love the 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 original, original kind of first knockings of rock and roll music and what it means to everyone now, even today. Um, and what a life little Richard had. I mean, my mm. goodness me. I mean, growing up black and gay in Macon, Georgia in the 30s and 40s, um, and then starting to find his sound and starting to do his thing in the most outrageous kind of over the top, brilliant way possible is um, it, it must've been an incredible, incredible experience and also a very difficult experience, but what he was able to do to inform popular music over the generations is amazing. And, and I, I, I personally, again, like I say, enthusiast, not an expert, but I personally would have him above any other original rock and roll artist chiefly because he's writing his own songs he's doing it himself and he's doing it in, in, a, in an amazing showman kind of way like mm. I, I, of all the tributes that came out um over the weekend about his about his death and um, one particularly stuck with me which i thought was a really um a really good way of putting it uh, and it came in the shape of um of um brian johnson of acdc obviously the guy who right. um who succeeded Bon Scott as the lead singer of ACDC. And he said, um, <clears throat> it was a Saturday, it was one o'clock and it was a sunny day, speaking about seeing Little Richard on the TV for the first time. And this woman was going, and now from America, we have Little Richard. And it was this little guy with his fucking ridiculous hairdo and teeth. He was prettier than a woman and it was tutti frutti. What the fuck, I said to myself, there was nothing <laughs> and then there was this. And that key <laughs> bit at the end, there was nothing and then there was this, is the one that hits home for me most because there was nothing to base it on, Pete. There's absolutely yeah. nothing to base it on. If you, if you, if you, if you, I mean, you've interviewed many, many musical artists. If you speak to them, one of the questions I'm sure you'll ask them will be, um, you know, what music do you like? Well, Little Richard had nothing to base it on. He just did it. <laughs> and to me, that is genius. And I think uh, the world is a worse place without him in it. There's loads of stuff that I obviously won't go into because I'll bore people to death. But if you've got any interest at all in popular music and particularly rock and roll music, check out the story of Little Richard. Unbelievable. And, you know, this is a guy who, you know, the Beatles loved. You know, everyone loved him. He was he was there before all of them doing it. Yeah. They all they all lived in the house that he built. And and you know, rest in power, little Richard. What a legend! A fine tribute. The, uh, there was a great uh, clip of uh, somebody. I think it's from an old Bernie Mac uh, TV show where he's just sort of looking at the camera, going, "Yeah, I'm watching you. I'm watching you. I've been watching you for a while." And it was basically uh, little Richard ascending to heaven and finding John Lennon and yeah, <laughs> right, and yeah, Elvis yeah. and people like that yeah. going, "All right." Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, I've been listening yeah. to what you've been doing. <laughs> yeah. now, Little Richard's one of those kind of characters that, yeah, for some reason, I when I heard he died, I was like, did he not? He's just one of those characters who you, you haven't heard do much in the last few years, so you sort of assumed they'd already passed, weirdly. I don't know oh, why yeah. he, that is. He, was, um, he had withdrawn from public life. I think he was very ill. I mean, he died at 87. Yeah. I think he had a stroke, and he was, he yeah. was unable to... Um, to to walk uh, and I think if if you're look, obviously didn't know the guy um, although Danny Kelly one of my friends and colleagues did have lunch with him once and said he was <laughs> absolutely ridiculous but in a brilliant way um, <laughs> Danny Kelly posted a picture on Twitter of uh, of him and little Richard uh, it's over some dinner or lunch or something well I guess when Danny was in his capacity as the editor of a music magazine looking and, even uh, littler you would imagine 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he said, um, someone replied to his tweet saying, what was Little Richard like? And he said, oh, he was amazing. He said, what was his ego like? He said, absolutely gigantic, but in a, <laughs> but in a really fun way. So, I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I'm one of those people, Pete, I'm just going to, to answer your original point. I think when you're a showman and you're a performer and you get to the stage in your life, and as they say, age doesn't come by itself, does it? So when you get to the age that you can't really do anything anymore, you probably have a bit of pride. You don't want to be seen out doing mm. stuff. So that's, that's partly to do with that. But the other thing I was going to say was that um, I want my, um, my, legendary artists my legendary songwriters singers actors whatever i don't mean this to endorse irresponsible behavior but i want them to be ridiculous i want them to be extreme i subscribe to the bill hicks kind of um school of thought when he talks about new kids on the block and he says oh you know i hate new kids on the block and everyone says they're a uh, they're a great role model to kids are they is that what i mean is that what an artist should be Artists should be artists. They should be flawed. They should be out there doing these controversial things. That's the whole point of them. So the rest of us normal people get on with our lives normally. We don't want them doing it as well. So Little Rich had an amazing life. Trust me on that. I mean, there's all sorts of behavior that you probably wouldn't endorse, but that's part of him, right? He's a, he's a genius. But, and also, like, you, these sort of um, these ethereal characters, and you sort of look at actors as well. How many times do you see, um, like, Christian Bale doing a, a fucking presser at a dirty old hotel in uh, in the cent- in central uh, London with the uh, with the big picture of the poster of the film that he's advertising? How many times do you see, like, these, uh, like Brad Pitt doing those pressers? Angelina Jolie, you just never see these kind of, like, big uh, like movie stars or, or, or musical artists the boy rarely gave interviews like they're magical simply because they're just inaccessible and i yeah. want my pop stars and i want my rock stars to be inaccessible i don't 100%. want the twitter i don't want the instagram i don't want the you know i you know i interviewed in middling indie artists and, and and they were all very very lovely and but you do kind of think do you want that from your artist it, it makes yeah. me kind of warm to them slightly more because i had a personal connection with that person but it also t- kind of takes me out of their music a little bit because it's like it's just yeah. a fucking job really i, I completely just... i completely agree I, I, th- I think david bowie is a great case in point because my mum introduced me to david bowie when i was a kid we have tapes in the car and, and she would talk to me about how great he was and, and how much she loved him. And, and I would look at pictures of him on the back of her big vinyl records or, or see pictures of him perhaps in the newspaper every so often or a magazine or whatever. And he honestly looked like it was from a different planet. Like I, I, it's, it's impossible to overstate how far away, metaphorically, someone like David Bowie felt from me as a kid growing up in gospel in like a terraced house having the most normal existence you can think of and as you rightly say that's a that's a important point like mm. you don't want to see the illusion broken you don't want to see david bowie out buying a pint of milk you don't necessarily want to know what he thinks about the latest politics particularly not the phases he went through about what he thinks about <laughs> politics you know you don't need to make a contribution. Yeah, yeah you don't need to make a contribution on everything like someone once said to me which is an ironic thing to say to me i guess because i never shut up about anything you don't need to join every conversation you're invited to. You don't have to join every debate. You can stay away from it if you want to. And and someone like Bowie was amazing at maintaining this mystique. And um, even though he was quite pioneering with things like the internet, wasn't he? And, and the pervading mm. effect it would have on everyone's lives. He was way ahead of the game there. But Leo Richard was just someone who... It's just from another planet. There's a great story of, about one of his contemporaries, Jerry Lee Lewis, who uh, is one of my favorites as well, of, of that generation, amazing performer um, and showman. And um, his big thing was uh, was 
putting his foot up on the piano. He's just this amazing mm. pianist. If you go and listen to Jerry Lee Lewis live at the Star Club in Hamburg, I think it came out in about 68, something like that. I might have told this story before, but people will have to forgive me. Um, and his big thing was he put his foot up on the piano, right? And mm. Jerry Lee Lewis is, and that was like his little party trick and everyone loved it and everyone lived for it. And Jerry Lee Lewis is 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 very much still alive. I think he's, he'd be in his 80s as well, 84 years old now, still was up until very recently still performing. So anyway, a few years ago, He's um he's out there doing his um doing his piano bit and, and everyone's like, Oh, how's he gonna how's he gonna do his foot thing? I mean, he's like eight years old. And uh, no word of a lie, a, a roadie walks onto the stage, picks his leg up for him and puts it on the piano. <laughs> now that is showmanship, man. That is how they do it <laughs> in that generation. So funny. Yeah, really good. But anyway, I, I was sad to see little Richard die. I don't, obviously, you know, everyone gets old and dies, sadly, but what what a contribution he made and, and mm. some of the lyrics of some of his songs to be put out back in those days. Uh, was pretty out there. I mean, he used to get up to all sorts of, of business. There was talk of him um, paying paying people to to have sex in the back of his car while he sat there watching them and stuff. All sorts going on, man, I'm telling you. Mate, I'd get, I'd get, you will have seen everything. We talk about the excesses of, like, you know, your Mercuries and your Elton Johns and stuff like that, but you sort of go, look, They've they've fucked everything. They've seen everything. They've eaten. <laughs> that's everything. what aristocrats they've are mental, right? Everything. Yeah, that's why they go mad because they've yeah. done everything. They've been everywhere, and they've just fucking bored. And they just want the sensation, the first sensation of of something new. That's why they all go mad. <laughs> why have you gone mad? Uh, well, I'm starting there, and then getting more normal as I get older. I think that's the right yeah. way to do it, personally. I think when you get if, if we reconvene, say mid 50s i haven't mm. seen you for a while i think yeah, yeah i fully expect you to be like a quite domesticated father yeah. of three uh dot, <laughs> doting cat. husband in your group I'll, I'll turn up at your house and your wife will be oh just go and call pete and you'll be in the greenhouse or something but you crucially you'll be in the greenhouse gardening not doing what yes. i'd expect you to be doing in a greenhouse if it happened now <laughs> what do you expect me to be doing in a greenhouse if it happened now top off um, well, wrestling, I mean, wrestling figures, warm. Nice <laughs> yeah, warm, it'd be warm in there. Yeah, so it'd exactly. be warm in there, so your top should be off. Oh, exactly. Yeah, anyway, Did... Peter, what have you been doing so far this week? Uh, not a lot, really. I've, I've been promising this little story uh, for a couple of weeks now, and it's at the top of my notes. Yes, I have notes, uh, and I am a little bit obsessed with it. And I think that we should, if we ever, in the you know aforementioned uh, fifteen years time, twenty years time, uh, ever make any money by doing the Luca Pete show, uh, we should buy this thing, the Four Seasons Barrier Reef Resort in Queensland, aka the Hotel. Gang, a floating hotel. Wow. That is now in North Korea at Mount Kumgang. What? How do people know where to find it? <laughs> it was the brainchild of a developer, uh, Doug Tarsa and his son Peter. Uh, it was constructed in Singapore and opened in 1988 as the John Brewer Floating Hotel. Uh, and it was positioned on the John Brewer Reef in the Great Barrier Reef off the coast of Townsville, Queensland, Australia. Seven-storey uh, hotel, 200 rooms, nightclub, bars, restaurants, a helipad, a tennis court. Uh, but uh, as all good ideas, uh, it, it, it rapidly uh, fell into disrepair and financial mismanagement. Uh, it was in, uh, it was in, uh, it was off the coast of um, uh, of Australia, uh, and then it was floated out to the uh, Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam in 1989. 
uh, operating right. as a Saigon floating hotel uh, in the Saigon River. Um, and it was known as the Floater. It was really a popular kind of nightclub kind of place. But again... Can it be piloted like a cruise ship, Pete, or something? Yes, yeah, so I think that a ship right. has to come and sort of tug it along. Oh, right. But right, it's okay. just this massive, weird floating I bet hotel. There's, there's, I bet there's plenty of tugging goes on at that place. <laughs> it just sounds so weird and filthy in yeah, 80s. Yeah, it's like a yeah. weird 80s dream. Uh, but in uh, 1997... Uh, it was bought by North Korea and taken to the Mount Kumgang uh, tourist region, which opened in 1998 on the border between North, uh, North and South Korea. Uh, tourists to the res- resort were suspended in 2008 after a South Korean one was shot dead by a North Korean soldier. Uh, oh, and then, <laughs> and then in 2018, uh, the uh, South Korean president uh, Moon Jae-in, uh, Moon Jae-in uh, agreed to open the resort. But I just find it fascinating that this kind of like. The building has been sold and sold, and it's never really succeeded. But because it's so big, what do you do with a big floating hotel? Uh, Kim Jong Un visited the site last year and said uh, it, it's it's pretty backwards in in terms of architecture. A little bit rich. Uh, oh, but, that's uh, harsh. It's, it's, yeah, it's not it's not uh, it's not properly cared for. So there, uh, it should be removed and rebuilt to meet North Koreans' own sentiment and aesthetic taste. Uh, due to the coronavirus pan- pandemic, the pan. pan- pandemic uh, the north korean government have uh, have decided that they're going to postpone redevelopment of the site because of um, well just the fact that a floating hotel is not ideal it's basically a cruise ship in it and you know what they're like with the old covid so uh, yeah, yeah. I, ju- I i would just love to know i'd love to have a walk around this weird floating hotel this unloved mothballed floating hotel um and far bit for me to side with um, the north korean regime on this um, but it does look absolutely shit. So <laughs> it looks like a fucking factory. That's <laughs> it what does, it looks it? like. And, and so it, it, it wasn't at all as I imagined it. For some reason, I imagined no. it being quite pleasant with maybe made of having some kind of grass in it on it. Or, or it looks it looks absolutely insane. Like it's, it's, <laughs> who whose idea was it? Some some mad old millionaire or something? Yeah, an Australian developer, Doug Tarser, and his son Peter. Um, right, but like, just imagine like how long it would take to float a, an entire hotel from, you know. When you first when you first said it, Pete, I thought you meant what he's done is he's built a floating hotel mm. uh, off the coast of Queensland and he's just let it Floating float. Away. And it's, and it's ended up in North Korea. And I was about to say, what are the chances of that happening? In one country <laughs> that you don't want it to be in. It's incredible, isn't it? We should share a photo of that. Wind. It looks really weird. It should... Um, It'd be really fun to make, you know, like a big zob. Um, yeah. Make like a zob that's like 10 times thicker and 10 times bigger, and you just plonk it in the ocean. And, I mean, it can't really be attacked or burst or anything because it's really thick plastic and, you know, you'd have some kind of inflation system. And, and just let it just – I know I'm basically describing a boy here, aren't I? But, like, just let it float around yeah. the sea, and we can sort of GPS track it. Where is it today? Oh, it's floating over to – uh, Siberia or wherever. But there are some absolutely Antarctica. gigantic things that are floating in like the Pacific, aren't there? Like massive, mm. like depressing, like massive plastic islands and mm. all that kind of stuff. But one thing that um, I, mean, I was just going to ask you a potentially quite stupid question, and although I've read a few books about the reason, I'm not an expert in it at all. Uh, what, when you when they say that oh it went to North Korea for tourist reasons in not in not the 90s, I mean, mm. was there any tourism to speak of in North Korea in the 90s? I mean, what, that to me feels a bit like a a bit of contradiction of terms, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, they. Because no one goes there now, right? Apart North from for like scheduled tours and stuff. 
Yeah, but I mean, I guess you know, it's still a tourist industry, isn't it? I mean, it's, you know, it's 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 a um, you know, but just not for people from the west. People, no, but loads of people go to North Korea every every year. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's um it's it's a mood. I mean, I, I probably would have gone if it wasn't so fucking moody. You know, if it wasn't a if it wasn't like a terrible, you know, regime feeding. Yeah. Uh, 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 endeavor, but you can go like on fishing trips and like quite pleasant boat boat uh, trips and stuff. But it's, uh, obviously, you have to be followed around by a, a guide. It's the same like when I try to go to Iran and stuff. You go, it, it's, it's quite closed off, and you got to go as a tour group and stuff. Um, but I mean, if you're talking about the politics of of, of visiting uh, 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 North Korea or or a, a despotic regime. I mean, you could say that about a lot of countries around the world, but obviously, uh, you know, it yeah. depends on it. But well, yeah. what, speaking speaking of things that float, floated your boat, um, I hey. was reading the other. I was, yeah, I didn't mean. I didn't actually mean that. I, I was reading. I was reading um, something the other day, which was fascinating to me. I had read about it before, but I completely forgot about it. But um, one of the things being, at least in theory, mooted for a revolution in space travel mm. is a um is the idea of having a permanently installed line up to space that right. things can travel up and down rather than needing thrust or boosters yeah like a space elevator essentially yeah <laughs> and when i heard about that i thought wow that would be so fucking cool wouldn't it right so how would that so would that have to be moored in because that so it's got I mean... a huge counterweight at the top of it basically uh, like a, like a, yeah. So it's like a tether. But, right. So, but it'd be like one of those um, in an old shop, you get, you'd put the money in the ball and, and, and roll it down to, to, to where the, 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 the money receipts were and stuff. Or, well, so or put, 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 in Tesco's. According to um, the theory and according to what I've read, in fact, I'll just read it to you now. The competing forces of gravity, which is stronger at the lower end and the outward upward centrifugal force, which is stronger at the upper end, would result right. in the cable being held up under tension and stationary over a single position on Earth. So would it like swing round and visit, as the world rotated, it would swing round and visit different places that needed it in space? I'm not sure that would be safe. Well, because you wouldn't want you wouldn't want us to have to move the portion that sits on the Earth, like in a big circle. But you wouldn't be. It would have to go around the circumference of the Earth, wouldn't it? So it would have to be moved every five minutes. <laughs> I think what you should do is like a Eurovision type thing where countries get to bid over who gets to host it. <laughs> yes, um, and, um, and just I wouldn't trust anybody with it to be honest. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a mastermind type thing where yeah, like, you just get, give it to get, Iceland. Like, but that's part of the reason why the um, no volcanoes, mate. You're out, your, yeah, you're yeah, out yeah. your mind. Um, it's one of the reasons why um, carbon nanotubes and graphene and stuff is. Um, I think they're being explored as potential um, potential kind of uh, materials to use. But it's, it's weird to think that like you'd have to have like a no fly zone around it. Like, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you ho- you'd be hoping that. Uh, I mean, it would be instantly destroyed by space trash, no doubt. But um, you'd be hoping that uh, most commercial pilots would know to avoid a certain part of the of the earth. Yeah. It would be put somewhere weird, like out of the way, or even in the sea. And that's or no even way to talk sea. A, that's no way to talk about our alien cousins, by the way. Space trash, <laughs> so insensitive. <laughs> that's what they that's what this that's what hits every, all of the satellites. I know. Isn't it? Like just apparently, space apparently nonsense. So. Um, should mm. we have a little break, Peter, and then we come back and we'll do a few emails and tweets from our lovely listeners. Okay then. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. We could call it Pete and Mark's Colossal Tussle. <laughs> But we didn't. We called it Wrestle Me. Wrestle Me, Mark. <laughs> Wrestle Me, Peter. A celebration of all things WrestleMania and beyond. And you may be thinking, I'm not really into wrestling. Well, don't worry. There's something for everyone. To be honest, it's mainly about stuff like this. So hang on. Easy Lover was the original theme on WrestleMania. And, it was. And... Someone heard it on the radio and went, that sums up everything about <laughs> WrestleMania to me. And this. You can really see the old back acne on test. Yeah. <laughs> and this. Is it worth reminding people of what earthquake John Tenter looked like at 23 years old? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and this. For the record, Marty has made it very clear, and I agree and believe him, that he has never, A, had sex with his daughter, or B, wanted to have sex with his daughter. And the people behind the face paint doing the most unique job in the entire world. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. That's Wrestle Me. Wrestle Me, Mark. Wrestle Me, Pete. And we're back with the Luke and Pete show. I hope you enjoyed uh, the adverts, if indeed there were any adverts. Hey, it's an unpredictable advertising situation under lockdown and a slight recession. We don't know what's happening. But <laughs> if, you heard, if you heard something commercial, I hope you enjoyed it and heeded its warnings or, or recommendations. Oi. If you didn't, I hope that little diddly lead noise uh, enthralled you. Normal, normal presenters don't do that bit, do they? Like if you watch TV on ITV or whatever, and it's like a, uh, it's like a magazine show, or whatever. They don't come back to 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 someone and they go, "Did you enjoy the adverts? Did you get any adverts? Who knows? Yeah, it, well, they don't break the fourth wall, do they, on that front? Well, no. Well, in in many ways, for us, it's Schrodinger's advert because we don't know whether there's one in there until it goes into the system. So yeah, it it, it could have existed. It could have not existed. We just don't just, know. Speaking of Schrodinger's advert, right? The concept <laughs> of of quantum physics and stuff is is baffling when uh, now i'm gonna get hammered for saying this and is people can email physics? in hello at luke and pete show.com yeah it's, it's part of that part it's related to that yeah I, i'm about to go out of my comfort zone but i don't care because <laughs> i haven't left i haven't left the house in about six weeks you, so i need to do you're something. out in space on a big string mate i am i am but the idea that i believe it's the copenhagen interpretation of quantum physics right 
by a guy called Niels Bohr. I read about it years ago. I'm not I'm not anywhere near across it anymore. But from what I remember, a generally accepted theory around it is that for something to exist, it has to have something observing it. Right. So okay. so if, for example, and, and the people email in if I'm wrong on this, hello at lukeandpeacher.com, email in, please, please do, because I'd love to be be corrected if I am if I need to be. But so I think what I'm right in saying is if no one is looking at the moon, the moon in the- under that theory doesn't exist. Right. Okay. And so and so there's also this thing called the double slit experiment where they show particles going through two different slits at the same time. And it's only when you connect and interact with one one of them that it exists in that place. So particles also exist as waves and as particles at the same time. It's absolutely ridiculous what happens when you get to like a subatomic level in this in this in this universe we're in. I think it's all a simulation personally, but that's probably a conversation for another time. I mean, that's a little bit more fanciful than, you know... Are you with me so far? Physicists. Uh, yeah, kind of, but I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, though, in situations like this, I always sort of think there is no point in me being uh, up on this stuff. I'm not helping. I'm not hindering. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I think us talking about quantum physics or attempting to on the Luke and Peach show is hindering more than helping anyone. It's not gonna, no, I, I, th- think it's I gonna... think... No, Pete, I don't think it can get any more confusing. <laughs> so in many ways, use it use it as an amazing free pass to do whatever you want because whatever you say will not be more mental than what actually is happening. Mate, I, I, walked, I walked past uh, Chinatown around the corner from me uh, almost every day and there's a, um, those, big, uh, those big arches, I think it's, a pai fang, I think it's called Pai Fang, um, and the wood joinery in the Pai Fang is so unique and wonderful and structurally uh, interesting I, and it was just created by some blokes, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. some women. It was just created by some people who knew how to fucking join things properly. I can sit and watch YouTube videos, and it is usually YouTube videos about this stuff for hours and hours and hours. And the how crafty people can be. It's just, and but, so imagine when we get to quantum physics yeah. and particle acceleration. So I'm going, I have, I'll just stick to me joinery. I'll stick to my trains and but my that, planes. That's why, that's why you and I are, would never be able to get to that level because I think what I always think when, I, when, I, when I'm thinking about stuff like quantum physics is because the famous quote is, if you think you understand it, you actually don't, right? Everyone mm. needs to understand that they don't understand it and this is about you know exploring it as much as you can. But if I was at that level, I would just chuck a load of... Um, I just chuck the occasional little curveball in there that I've made up. Because <laughs> why, why not? Like Malcolm Gladwell talks about Malcolm Gladwell talks about the idea that because his books are written for a lay audience and because he's mm. popular, he gets quite a lot of um, stick from like proper what would be you know in, in quite proper academics, right? And his father, yeah. I think, was a very very well respected academic in one field or another, and I can't remember which which field it was. But he said in an interview I heard with him. He said, my father would write books knowing that really only 150 people in the world would mm. read and understand them. I write books for, and lots of people read them, and, and that's why I want to do it because it's, 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 it's more meaningful to, to do it in that way. And I hope I'm not putting words in his mouth. He won't listen to this. He doesn't care. But the point is that if you're, if you're understanding things at that level, have a bit of fun with it. You know, <laughs> chuck, chuck, 
but and, and then finally, Pete, on this on this thing, I thought you of all people would be well on board with the simulation theory, which is, I think, a, a at least scientifically accepted theory that could be what we're experiencing is a super powered, very complicated simulation, computer simulation. Uh, yeah, it could be, but then could it just not just I mean, in the exact same breath, just be a, a random uh, coalition of particles doing whatever the fuck they want to do. Yeah, but 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 simulations are so good now, aren't they? It's not it's not unbelievable. It wouldn't be ridiculous to suggest that the technology in a hundred years time could give us a simulation that would be un- non discernible from reality. Right? Reality would, would would be essentially an abstract idea of whatever you decide it is because the other simulation will be so realistic that you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between them. You could have said that about paintings like 300, 400 years ago, though, couldn't you? It, I, it, it would... Oh, what, it just gets so so good that you wouldn't be able yeah, to tell which so one's... Yeah, so good re- you wouldn't be able to tell. But paintings like don't move, do they? Window. They're in two dimensions. Yeah, exactly, but or obviously, and then animation comes along, and you know, it's a, it's 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 a, a good it's point. A, it's an approximation and an, an image of something rather than an actual oh, You've charmed me there. God did Charmed it. You. Right, oh God emails. Did it. Right, God did it. We're all in God now. <laughs> Hello at lucapeach.com um, uh, is the email address. Please send us an email on anything you feel particularly passionate about. About Pete, have you got anyone you want to start with or would you like me to start with one? Uh, let me get one up. I've got one up. Uh, Sam, Sam Graham. Uh, hi, guys. If ever proof we needed that uh, Luke spends too much time with Peter, then surely the recent monkey chat is it. Upon declaring that he was walking through Malaysia with a banana in his back pocket, Luke simply ignored this declaration and moved on to the next topic. Surely this situation could use some explaining. I mean, it was simply that, to be honest, Sam, uh, but I, I do enjoy the fact that uh, uh, it, it uh, tickled you and also depressed you that uh, we, we, we've, we've gone so low. Yeah, I don't... Um... I mean, is this you walking through Malaysia with a banana in your pocket? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, th- I think you're suggesting that's weird. Understand. I don't think that's weird, is it? No, I mean, having a a banana in your pocket is a perfectly sensible thing to do. I think the the, the weirdness came from my surprise at the idea uh, that a monkey would want it out of my pocket. Yeah, and I think is it Sam the emailer there? Yeah, yeah. Sam, I think you are actually quite endearingly naive if you think that is the, the, if you think that's even going to register on the on the Pete Dawes and Richter scale of oddness then no. my friend you are sadly very much mistaken because I'd like Pete to, does a uh, hundred things like that every day much much more odd I, I, I had a whiskey in my coffee yesterday so um, there you go. becoming a problem drinker um, uh, <laughs> I am enjoying the uh, the person who like we the Luke and Pete Shaw uh, inbox is uh, unmanageable. It just there's just so much junk mail, and I hate every last one of you who signed us up. For, <laughs> uh, every, uh, everything that they, you signed us up for, but I did enjoy the fact that um, getting a lot of emails from the American Egg Board. Lot of That's egg nice. action. Lot of egg action. Obviously, uh, maybe reacting to recent uh, situations. Yeah, there's a there's a live webinar happening May thirteenth, one to two Central Time. Uh, featured presenters. Chef Emily Cruz and Chef Robert Darney, they're all going to be getting involved in the egg pro from the American. Where's Keith Cooks? Keith Cooks. Where's Keith Cooks? I know, right? And we've had we've had a few um little videos sent in on how to make like a weird long egg. Uh like wrapped it in like somebody made like a really it actually looked harder than Keith Cook's method about the old long egg. Uh, they're made out of like a weird bottle thing and and, and, and then they covered it in mincemeat and just basically made a long scotch egg effectively. But uh, mm. yeah, it's uh, it, 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 we, we do get sent the lo- uh, uh, quite a lot of long egg action. 
When I was in, um, back in the days when you can go to the pub, I was in the pub uh, called the Earl of Essex in Islington, not far from our office, actually, with some friends. And um, we thought we'd all get together, have a bit of uh, lunch and, um, you know, see what happened, have a few beers, stay there for the afternoon, all that good stuff that we're not allowed to do anymore. And it's actually making yeah. me a bit emotional thinking about it. But anyway, um, we went there, uh, about seven or eight of us, uh, ordered some lunch, went around the table. We all ordered from the menu. My friend Tommy, who I think does listen to this show reg- semi-regularly, so he might hear this. Hello, Tommy. He, uh, When the waiter came to him, he said, uh, can I have two scotch eggs, please? What's wrong with that? And he just, instead of ordering off the main menus, he just ordered two scotch eggs from the starter and ate them as a main. Right. So were they warm? I mean, because were they like really came nice? Came on two separate kind of little plates. They were lovely. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. I just, I just don't know if anyone's, I've ever seen anyone order kind of two scotch eggs in one go no. before in a pub. It's just a, it's quite deviant behaviour, if you don't mind me saying. Yeah. There, there's a scene in The Gentleman or Gentleman, 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 uh, with, uh, which is uh, the Lockstock uh, director's uh, Guy, uh, what's his name? Guy. Oh, Guy, Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie's uh, new film, uh, where. Uh, oh, it looks quite good, lead... that. Is it decent? It's a bit flab. Uh, yeah, it's all right. It's a, it's a romp. Yeah, it's 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 very watchable. All the Guy Ritchie's films are watchable. You know, the dialogue's pretty okay. So it's slightly uh, problematic racially, but uh, at times. Right. But uh, uh, but seeing Matthew McConaughey going into a London pub and uh, ordering a, a pickled egg made me very pleased. Just, oh, I'd, just... I'd, I'd, I would spend good money to have a pint in a pub with Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I'd probably oh, spend. Yeah. I'd probably spend if I. I mean, I don't have it, but if I had it, I mean, this is kind of an abstract, abstract concept because mm. if I had millions and millions, it wouldn't matter how much I spent. But I think I could find myself in a position where I'd pay a thousand pounds for a pint with Matthew McConaughey in an English right. pub. He, I'd pay a little more, but um, yeah, I'd pay a little more. But just, just one pint, one pickled egg. And get out of there. Charlie Hunnam in that film. Good Lord. I know he's from Newcastle and stuff. He was the lad in uh, Queerest Folk back in the day, wasn't he? And he's gone to America. And he's come back and he's forgotten how to do any British accents from Cockney oh, really? to Northern. It oscillates between kind of South Shields to Birmingham. It's it's such a hodgepodge. Uh, he's been out there for too long, bless him. His, his accent in um, Green Street... It's an absolute abomination <laughs> to the point of where I I think they should have just cast a Cockney actor, even if he wasn't as good. Yes. Because there's nothing. He because for me, yeah, exactly. Because because for me, speaking is quite a big part of acting. So you yeah. can't tell me he's a brilliant actor if everything he says sounds ridiculous. It's, <laughs> I don't know why they get to that point. It shouldn't, it shouldn't happen. It's crazy well, to me. It's because like it's all American productions, isn't it? And and they don't know how anybody speaks. I we we were forced. We weren't forced. I forced everyone to watch uh, Final Score with Dave Batista. There were there were okay uh, accents, and that I seem to recall. But there was a, a couple that were um, very Hollywood Cockney. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I I, I mean it, I, I've often asked this about Star Wars, the most recent Star Wars movies. Now, I suspect this is because it tests better with American audiences to have an American accent in the lead. Right. Um, but they cast Daisy Ridley and John Boyega in the two leads. They're mm. both British. They give John Boyega an American accent and they don't give Daisy Ridley one. Yeah. So is that just a cynical ploy to have a British accent and an American accent in the same movie to make everyone happy? 
I don't know. Um, I don't know. Would it be the... Uh, I don't want to get into this sort of gender politics of it, how, uh, you know, English people probably um, give off a... In, in films, English accents generally used to be you're evil or you're very intelligent or just posh. <laughs> not, not us. So We're none of them. So, <laughs> none of those. I, I, there was this uh, accent coach uh, talking about all of the uh, the different accents and how long it takes for people to, to, to get into them and why Americans can't do British accents and why uh, formerly trained British actors are invariably a lot better uh, at adopting uh, uh, foreign accents, certainly American ones anyway, and being able to pick them out um and then the, the, this vocal coach uh did sort of go oh some of the trickiest accents are uh welsh uh, this american uh a, a vocal accent coach i uh, went yeah one of some of the most uh, difficult ones are welsh and he spat it out uh, the worst welsh accent yeah. i have ever heard in my fucking life Mate. he was nailing every other accent in the world but as soon as he got to welsh he fucked it there's a brilliant youtube um video that's done the rounds of a of an american voice coach who goes and the video is like a map and it goes around all the different districts of the uk mm. and he or she i forget who do the different accents <laughs> and it is hilariously funny like because it, it like to it to, to a native speak i know it's easy for us to say we don't we don't speak any other languages blah 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 but i mean it is hilarious to to, to hear the impression of how they think that those people sound yeah, because yeah, it's, yeah. It's, so I, I remember when I first went to the US and met all my US family. Like I, I could tell that a few of them probably didn't understand me that well. I think because I spoke because I speak quite fast. Um, I was I was quite surprised at how many times I had to repeat myself, um, mm. and that's not it's, it's nothing to do with them. It's, it's completely to do with, yeah. with me and my my diction and stuff. But I, I, the reason I say I was surprised was I just wasn't expecting it. I, I, you, you're just led to believe that um, you speak the same language, so that's that, right? And, and yeah. America is culturally very, very different to the UK in lots and lots of ways that only kind of started to reveal themselves to me as I spent more time there. And the and the and the accent thing, it, it, I, I think that a few of them, the people I met, my wife's friends and stuff like that, found it quite curious to listen to me speak, and not necessarily in a good way. <laughs> so yeah anyway but listen pete we've gone way over time we should we should probably go but time yeah let's um let's do some more emails on thursday we'll try and get around to a few more then um yeah. uh we'll wrap up here for now thank you very much for listening along uh hello at luke and pete show to get in touch at luke and pete show on twitter as well if you want to say hello there you're very welcome to do so have a great week uh we'll see you again on thursday uh stay safe love each other lots and uh, we'll see you then say goodbye peter goodbye peter and it's goodbye from me as well This was a Stakhanov production.